So for the entire month of December, I crafted an Advent series, and the title of the series is The Gift of Emmanuel. The Gift of Emmanuel. David Galetta preached the first sermon, Seth Philbrick preached the second, and last Sunday, Reverend Ryan Mowen preached the third. And by the grace of God, I get to finish the last two. This day, I've entitled this sermon, The Word Fulfilled. The Word Fulfilled. Our passage of Scripture is Matthew chapter 1. I will read verses 17 to 25. I think it's also printed in your bulletin, but if not, do feel free to open the Bible. Matthew chapter 1, verses 17 to 25. Hear the word of the Lord. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together. On this day, Father, we come to the church to hear the word, to worship, to sing, to pray. And at this time, we come to the word, the preaching of your truth. Holy Spirit, Give us eyes to see, to see Jesus, to know Jesus, to surrender to Jesus, 
to walk with Jesus. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Today I have three points to give to you, three points, and they are as follows. The prophecy given, the prophecy given. Number two, the prophecy supernaturally explained, the prophecy supernaturally explained. And number three, the prophetic word fulfilled, the prophetic word fulfilled. The first thing we see in our passage, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 17, we see a lineage given. We see a lineage given. In the book of Genesis, you see lineages given. As you go on through the scriptures, you see other lineages given, denoting the history of the people of Israel. Well, Here we have a lineage that reaches back to Abraham. In Luke's gospel, it reaches back to Adam. But here, Matthew goes to Abraham. Why does he go to Abraham? Well, Matthew's audience is a Jewish audience. And he here explains the history of the Messiah. The Messiah. God made a promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. He took him out of his father's house, out of a, an unbelieving pagan lifestyle. I'll set that away. <laughs> and he saves Abraham. And he gives Abraham a, a promise. He says, through you, through you, Abraham, I'm going to bless the nations. I'm going to bless the nations. And the word bless It means flourish. I'm going to cause good things to occur through the nation, to the nations, through you. Well, God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 is finally fulfilled with the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, God made a promise. Well, what is a promise? What makes a promise from God particularly special? When I was a kid, I loved to get promises from relatives, promises of money on my birthday. Yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) Promises of good meals to have, especially on my birthday. Well, what is a promise? A promise is when you give another person or persons your word that you're going to do something. I'll get that done. I promise I'll go there. I'll build this. I promise you that I will and Fill in the blank, however. It is an assurance that something will, in fact, happen. Well, God made a promise to Abraham. Why are God's promises special? God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. That's one of those statements I think should be on a megaphone right behind us as Christians every single day. God cannot lie. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 34 verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who takes refuge in God. God's word, God's words, God's promises can indeed be trusted. That's the point of the promise of God. You can put your, you can, you can bank your whole life on this word. It will come to pass. God promises Jesus Christ is the blessing of the nations. He is the blessing of all ethnic groups. Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. It means the anointed one, the special one, the consecrated one, the set apart one. The Messiah was promised many, many times in the Old Testament. And particularly, we read about him in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah has been called by some the the fifth gospel because of the rich prophecies about the Messiah found there. And I survey just two for you. Hear God's word from Isaiah chapter 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Let, Let me stop there. I didn't say this. I need to say this. The prophet in the Old Testament, is the one whom God chooses to be God's mouthpiece to God's people. Isaiah speaks to God's people what God tells him to say. Thus, the Lord speaks through Isaiah saying, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn. And to the quarry from which you were dug, look back to your origin. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion, i.e. Israel. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. Isn't that amazing? My righteousness draws Near, my salvation, which means deliverance, my salvation has gone out and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, God. He's talking about Jesus before Jesus is ever on the scene. And for my arm, they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will will never be dismayed. He's talking about Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, and we heard this earlier in our 
Advent readings here in the month of December. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he, meaning God, brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, uh, the, uh, tribes of Israel that had allotments of land. But in the latter time, he, God, has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Something's going to happen. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. And then he gives even more good news. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And our brother David Gletta finally discussed that uh, at the very first Sunday in December. Of the increase of his government, Jesus's government, and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And then he adds, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God is going to bring this to pass. This leads number two. The second point I want you to hear and see this morning, the prophecy supernaturally explained. The prophecy supernaturally explained. Matthew describes the birth of Jesus the Messiah. He does it very briefly. Luke takes a much uh, longer time to talk about the birth of Christ. After giving the Messiah's lineage, Matthew describes the incredible way that God brought about his plan to save his people. A supernatural conception occurs in the womb of the Virgin Mary. All of you know how babies come into the world. Well, this particular baby was a new man. A new man formed by the Spirit of God in the belly of Mary. At creation, Genesis records the Lord forming mankind from the dust of the ground and breathing into him the breath of life. Inside of Mary, the breath of God formed a new Adam, a new Adam, the last Adam, an Adam who would save his people. 
this Adam, the Messiah, he's going to obey everything that God commands. He's going to listen to God's word. He's going to comply with God's instructions. He's going to do what you don't do. He's going to do what I don't do. He's not going to complain. He's not going to whine. He's not going to not trust God. He's going to live upon God who is all. He's going to depend upon God who can only supply. Before Joseph and Mary consecrate the marriage bed, Joseph learns that Mary is pregnant and he knows the child is not his. So he decides to divorce her quietly. He doesn't want to embarrass or shame her. He's thinking for her. But God's plan is at work and the Lord knows now it's time to bring Joseph in on the plan. And while he's sleeping in his bed at night, the Lord sends an angel, a messenger, into Joseph's dream to speak to him about God's plan of redemption and the part that he will play in the plan of redemption. God sends Joseph a supernatural message. The angel comes and he explains the pregnancy. He explains God's plan for the child growing inside of Joseph's wife, Mary. And notice what he says. Take her as your wife. Don't get rid of her. Take her as your wife. The Holy Spirit formed the child inside of her. This child's existence is of God. The God of your fathers who's made so many promises. Now they're coming to pass. This child will be a boy. And you're going to name him Jesus. You will name him. Jesus. His name means he will save his people from their sins. Jesus will be a savior. He's going to be a savior of people from sin. A savior for people who miss the mark of God's standard again and again and again. You, me, Terrence Little, me. He will come to save us. People like you and me. Jesus will deliver. He will deliver in a way that Moses never could. He'll deliver in a way that only he can. He will deliver in a way that all the other religions of the world can never accomplish. Hence, they make fun and mock and ridicule the only salvation that they can have. Number three, The prophetic word fulfilled. The prophetic word fulfilled. Matthew records why. Uh, Here Matthew records why he gives the facts of the conception and the birth of Jesus Christ in verses 22 and 23. He says, all this took place to fulfill. All this took place (laughs) to fulfill. If you underline it in your Bible or in your bulletin there, underline that. All this took place to fulfill, to bring to pass, 
all the things promised before. Behold, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I'm going to take a little hiatus here. In John's Gospel, there's a wonderful passage there in what's called his prologue, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And many of you know how it begins. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has been created. And as you go on down the list, there's a passage that says in verse 14, And the Word became flesh. The Word, God, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh. A man. Matthew tells you how it happened. He became one of us to be God with us. The word became flesh and tabernacled. You should write that in your Bible. Because that's what the word means. Tabernacled among us. He came to be what we could never be because of our sin. In order that we can Walk and know God Almighty. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name God with us. Isaiah, the prophet, the one called and appointed by the Lord to speak only what God directed, he prophesied about Emmanuel. Jesus, who is the Messiah, the anointed one, is Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us, born of a virgin named Mary a woman God chose to fulfill his purpose in bringing the Savior, the God-man, I like to call Jesus the God-man, into the world. Isaiah's prophecy, it, it occurred centuries earlier. His prophecy is recorded in the book with his name. The prophecy is found within the Hebrew canon of the Old Testament. Matthew teaches us that the prophecy God gave has been fulfilled with the birth of Jesus Christ. Salvation, deliverance has come into the world. Deliverance has come into the world. Life, you all, is filled with brokenness. We encounter pain. We deal with suffering. We lie. We cheat. We steal. We gossip. We slander. We worship idols. We worship ourselves. We experience the ultimate loss, death, death of of loved ones, those very close to us. We experience the brokenness of relationships. People often say, why me? Why is this happening to me? Don't I deserve better? God, where are you? Are you listening? Do you care? Lord, don't you see me in my situation? Aren't you listening when I pray? Do do you really have control over the terrible things that I see on the news and read about in the newspaper? God, does, does this life really have meaning? 
Do I have a purpose in all of this pain? Matthew and Isaiah have great news. Matthew and Isaiah have great, wonderful news for you to embrace, for you to hold on to. In the darkest moments of your life, this is the news you need. For to us, a child is born. For to me, a child is born. I heard Sinclair Ferguson say once I was in college, I was cleaning up the kitchen one day and I was living with my roommates. And um, it was my turn to clean the kitchen. But anyway, I was listening to preaching. I like to do that. I like to listen to preaching and, 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 and seminars. And I was listening to Sinclair Ferguson, Presbyterian preacher, and, and he said, He was quoting Martin Luther, and he said, Martin Luther used to say, true religion consists in this, the ability to use personal pronouns. And then he went on to say, the Lord is my shepherd. You do not know God until you're able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. For to And what else does he say? The government shall be upon his shoulder, not mine. Hallelujah. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. When I became a believer, I was hugging my dad and different ones. We were in the front of the church. (laughs) And dad said, son, he will take care of you. He will take care of you. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is everlasting father. He is prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice, real justice. Not justice like the TV says, God's justice, which defines all justice and righteousness From this time forth and forever, it'll never end. God's kingdom will prevail. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Your greatest problem and my greatest problem is sin. Your greatest problem and my greatest problem is sin. And God in Christ has solved the problem. Hallelujah. God in Christ has solved the problem. You will never solve it. Never. God in Christ has solved your problem and my problem. Mary, who was betrothed to Joseph, received the word from God. Joseph received the prophecy from the angel, its explanation. And the boy was born, and they called his name Jesus. Why? For Jesus will save his people from their sins. All of history... (laughs) culminates in Jesus Christ. All of history culminates in Jesus Christ. Church of the Atonement, God is with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. Let's pray together.
Our Lord, we do not often contemplate, meditate, think on your glorious promises. We are often battered by the storms of life, the pressures of family, of work, of culture. And we, like the people of Israel of old, we will complain. God, don't you care? Don't don't you see me suffering? And all the while you have provided, you've provided the Savior. You, You know, it is appointed for us, Lord, to deal with suffering in this world. But through the suffering we are to Hold on to you like we are out in the middle of the ocean. Hold on to you the only life raft that we have, the only rope, the only anchor. And God, I pray that for every person in this sanctuary today and and, and in our chapel, I pray, oh God, they will know Jesus to be God with us. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.